In the 20 plus years of helping people plan for the cost of retirement and long-term health care, we've identified one consistent theme among families and caregivers. People don't like to talk about money. Life care affordability planning helps families who are facing long-term health issues and increasing health-related expenditures to make better informed financial decisions during a time when there are so many unanswered questions. It's time to face this topic head-on, address the emotional charge of discussing money, and discover practical ways to bridge the gap between a long-term health care plan and your ability to pay for it. Hello and welcome to Life Care Affordability Planning with Tom West and Arvet Reed from Signature Estate and Investment Advisors. Today we're going to be talking about money, thriving versus failing to thrive. When it comes to managing care and finances for those with a health diagnosis, there are those who thrive and those who fail to thrive. Today, Tom West and Arvet Reed explore the mindsets, attitudes, and actions that set these two groups apart when handling a loved one's declining health, so you can be better prepared to care for your loved one in the event of a health crisis. Good morning, Tom and Arvet. How are you? Good morning, Eric. Hi there. Tom, I love this, the topic of this episode, and I, I love the word thrive, to be honest with you. Thrive, the definition is to grow or develop well or vigorously, which I think is another fantastic word. How do you equate that, or how do you describe thriving versus failing to thrive? What is this all about? When Arvet and I were thinking about decision-making, about money in the face of uncertainty about healthcare, we looked to the healthcare industry for some definition or some framework that might make our approach a little bit more accessible. And thrive or failure to thrive is actually embedded in the words and the descriptions that the healthcare industry uses pretty regularly to describe how seniors are or are not progressing through their lives or through a particular diagnosis. When we were thinking of thrive and failure to thrive as sort of an active metaphor for a decision-making process, we wanted to borrow from that framework because so many of our listeners are coming from healthcare, senior healthcare, hospital healthcare, and whatnot. And I think that accessing the concept of thriving just makes some of our ideas perhaps a little bit more understandable. But I'll put this to our vet, our, our professional that comes out of senior housing and healthcare. Our vet, take a minute to describe what thriving or what failure to thrive really means in the senior healthcare industry. Yeah, we use the term failing to thrive or failure to thrive frequently when we're talking about people who are going through some kind of decline. And sometimes that decline is just a general decline. It's not necessarily a decline due to cancer or a decline mm -hmm. due to congestive heart failure. It could just be general weight loss. It could be, you know, chronic disease. It could be poor appetite, physical decline. It could kind of be a catch-all phrase, mm -hmm. but really it's like there's just a bunch of stuff going in the wrong direction mm -hmm. is probably the best way to put it. And we use the term failure to thrive more than I think we do thrive. But when we talk about thrive, we talk about people that are addressing their the healthcare concerns head on. They're doing the things that they need to do properly to either maintain or get better, whatever that is. So when we were talking about this idea of thriving and failure to thrive, and when you look at the people don't talk about money, you know, conversations that we recently mm -hmm. had, they really do parallel each other mm -hmm. because the thought process that people have 
in when they're facing healthcare decisions, whether they're going to do the things to thrive or choose not to, or maybe are just incapable of doing the things that keep them from failing to thrive. Same thing in money. You're going to choose to do the right thing that's going to help you thrive, or you're going to not choose or not have the tools to help you choose to keep yourself from failing to thrive. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I thought was helpful in the way that I understood failure to thrive from a clinical sense is you use the word catch-all. There's some ambiguity. There's some unknown causes. Somebody is failing perhaps just because they're old Mm -hmm. and they've got a confluence of different factors that are taking away from their independence or their mobility or their cognition or whatnot. Right. When we start thinking about decision-making and thriving and failure to thrive in decision-making, whether it's family communication or about money, it's also appropriate to say, how do families make decisions given all this ambiguity, given all this unknown? In previous podcasts, we've explored the psychology that when confronted with a lot of unknowns, people tend to procrastinate, Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. tend to deny, people tend to dig in their heels and wait maybe subconsciously for additional information Mm -hmm. to give them clarity on their path. I think that that's part of what bridges clinical failure to thrive with failure to thrive from a decision-making is this element of unknown, mm-hmm. non-measurable pieces. So let's, let's break down a little bit more about what we mean with life care affordability planning and thriving in your decision-making process. We define thriving as thinkers and decision-makers who are pretty connected and self-aware about their circumstance, both their financial circumstances and their health circumstances. Mm-hmm. The idea of you know, first know thyself, accepting the situation that they're in and being literate and able to talk about both their financial and their family and their health circumstances. We talk about thriving in decision-making as being able to identify different options that they might have. What are the different things that involve money, that cost money, that are elements of decisions I might have to make about, do I move? Do I bring assistance into my own home? Mm -hmm. What does this mean with some of the goals that I had financially before a period of care? When you talk about being connected and having options, and you put that on the other side of failing to thrive, right? The opposite of that would be being disconnected or not knowing your options. So when people get older and things start to happen, they start isolating themselves. And so they're no longer really connected to the families, the friends, the things they did all the time. Maybe they went to church every Sunday and they're not doing it every all, you know, anymore. Or if it's a spouse and one of them starting to decline with dementia, the well spouse is now starting to limit his or her connections because of whatever's going on with their loved one, right? And so that by definition is failing to thrive because you need to stay connected to people in your world in order to to grow and to make sure that you're moving in the right direction. You start isolating yourselves and all the other stuff starts happening. And then your options actually could disappear. Yeah. And when you were talking about that, I'm reminded there's a great book that is out in the senior housing and healthcare universe called Live Long and Die Short. Mm -hmm. And one of the concepts in that book is 
people's brain, you know, the human brain's ability to continue to learn mm -hmm. and to adapt, but the failure to sort of move out of your regular pattern. You're, you know, right. You go to the same grocery store, you get the same food, you talk to the same people, you do the same thing year over year over year. It sometimes compromises an easy ability to become connected to new ideas, to new centers of influence, to new ways of thinking that I think ultimately could be very useful in enabling families to make effective decisions during transition. Well, and that goes back to the people don't talk about money because if you're used to managing it the same way over and over and over again and you're not open to new options and knowing that you have change coming and that you have to now start talking to other people about your money because you can't do it yourself, you're just isolating yourself and you're going to go down that failure to thrive path because you're not going to be able to adapt. Yeah, and consider where an 80-year-old caregiver mm -hmm. who's taken care of a spouse with some illness, consider that they might have had 50 years of not talking to their family about money. Right. And grooving that expectation, that communication pattern, and the idea that we're talking and defining this now as thriving or failure to thrive Part of what I've been really impressed with on the part of a lot of clients and a lot of seniors and a lot of caregivers that we've served is their ability to realize that they're in a new situation right. and they have to start thinking differently. Mm -hmm. Like my wife's not able to do the same things that she was before. I'm not able to do the same things that I am before. And I have to sort of reach out and consider my relationship with my family, with perhaps new people that could supplement taking care of a loved one, I have to start thinking about this different. And part of what impresses me on the part of a lot of those seniors is their ability to reinvent themselves in that new situation. New and norm. all of a sudden, you know, this is a new normal and I just can't not pay attention to this stuff anymore. And if you put it back to the thrive and failing to thrive, from a thrive perspective, that means they're informed, they're self-aware, they know that they need support in this new normal, whatever it is from a healthcare perspective or from a financial perspective. And those are the ones that thrive because they get the help that they need as early as possible. The ones that hunker down, put their head in the sand and pretend like this is not happening to them. No, my loved one doesn't really have dementia. No, he, he's not asking me the same question 10 times. What are you talking about? They start to isolate themselves and they're in denial of what's happening. Those are the ones that'll go down the failure to thrive path. There's a connection between thriving in the clinical sense and thriving the way that we're using it here from a decision-making standpoint with the idea of being proactive or reactive. Right. I think that, that the idea of many caregivers moving from waiting for something to happen to respond to, to a different position where... I need to be proactive. I right. need to start thinking ahead yep. of where are the different places that this new circumstance could take me, could take my family, could take my finances, mm -hmm. and start understanding the range of outcomes from where they are in a point in time. That's very different than a failure to thrive from a decision-making standpoint where you just wait mm -hmm. and you, just like you said, Arvet, you deny you procrastinate and whatnot. I think that for our listeners that are in the senior housing and healthcare industry, 
part of the true value of our life care affordability plan is the language and the psychology and the support that we provide families to start imagining the range of outcomes mm -hmm. that their clinical and their family and their financial situation might have in store for them right. in order to take them from being reactive and passively taking whatever their circumstance brings them to being more proactive. And I was told by a friend that comes out of senior housing and healthcare that was excited about this element of life care affordability plan. And the word that she used was, this is another way that you're able to give seniors agency and identity and control mm -hmm. over situations where they might not feel like they're in control. And I think that the idea is helping to enable imagining these range of outcomes and truly what are the different kinds of things that you can do? Perhaps decisions that involve money, but aren't specifically about money. How does that work? Arvad, tell me a little bit about failure to thrive in the clinical sense and the idea of people not wanting to make changes and maybe aversion to change. Talk a little bit about that from a clinical sense, from how the senior housing and healthcare industry thinks about unwillingness to change, then we'll make some bridges to decision-making from that. Yeah, and I think before I do that, when you were talking, the one thing that came to mind is I was thinking about a case that we worked on with the Life Care Affordability Plan. We had Christy and Lindsay from Insight Memory Care Center on the podcast earlier, and this was one of their families. That family also was dealing with an aging life care professional. I think we've talked about them in the past mm -hmm. before. And this was a perfect team to work with this family. This family was being very proactive, as you just said, about thriving versus not thriving when you're more reactive. The gentleman had a recent diagnosis of dementia. They knew that their world was changing and that they needed to plan for what was coming down the road and that they didn't know what was coming down the road. So by reaching out to Insight and then reaching out to the aging life care professional and then reaching out to us, they were actually taking all the steps to make sure that they were going to continue to thrive as his diagnosis progressed the best way they could. And so the life care affordability plan with all the input from Insight and from the aging life care and then adding our financial stuff to the scenarios really gave them the opportunity to do that. If they hadn't reached out for help, they would have been in that failing to thrive mode where they would have just kept going forward with no plan and winging it. And then things were happening and then they would be reactive. That popped in my head when you were talking. So I jumped into that before we went <laughs> to the question. Yeah. And what I was having you comment on was talk a little bit about unwillingness to change. Right just hunkering down and whatnot. Tell me a little bit about that and failure to thrive from a clinical sense. And then right. we'll bridge it back to our decision-making universe. I think one that a lot of people can relate to is your knees going bad, right? Like if you think about everybody that's got orthopedic knee problems, like Eric, I'm sure you know somebody in your that would, family. That would be me. Yeah. That includes me. me right yeah. now. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Eric, I know you know someone in your family who's had a knee replacement. There are a lot of people who've had knee replacements, but by the time someone gets a knee replacement, think of all the stuff that's happened before, right? So the knees start going bad and then you start to wobble and then you start avoiding steps and everybody's telling you like you might need a knee replacement, but you don't really want one. And then you start getting the cortisone shots, but you're really still not better. And so the idea of that you are just procrastinating, procrastinating, procrastinating 
those that never get the knee replacement or wait, 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 wait until it gets so bad, sometimes then have other issues going on. And so the knee replacement might not be an option or it actually will be more of a risk mm -hmm. than it would have been five years before. So that is a simple example of thriving and failing to thrive. No one's telling you as soon as your knee starts hurting, go get a knee replacement. I mean, it's not that simple, but it's acknowledging the fact that your knees are getting worse. It's getting harder and harder for you to do things that you would like to do, like golf. I've watched my friends and family's parents love to play golf. And all of a sudden the knees are so bad, they're starting to change their golf game. They're not walking, they're doing the cart or they're hitting different. So that's an example of you get to choose whether you're open to change and getting that fixed or whether you're just going to hunker down and wait and wait and wait and lose out on some of the things you might have enjoyed. Yeah. There's another area of thriving and failure to thrive. We'll talk about a story from our case that we worked on yesterday. Mm -hmm. So yesterday we were counseling a family where the gentleman has some early onset memory problems and the couple who didn't have children were shopping a number of different retirement communities. And they did not have the information that you need to be forthright about your health circumstance when you're shopping different retirement communities. And I, I respect where they're coming from because, you know, I don't want everybody to know our business mm -hmm. and I don't want some options taken off the table if I tell them that we might have some memory support problems in our future. But they came into the meeting pretty discouraged because they understood from a little bit of information that because of his memory problems, that the entire universe of different life plan communities or continuing care retirement communities was probably not going to work for them. And one of the things that struck me, because I think that we watched them move from a possible failure to thrive path to a thrive path was we were able to say, no, that's not exactly right. But there are some options that a couple, even with one with early memory problems, can move together into some of these communities. And we just have to account that some of their contract options might be different. And that their financial picture. Between the spouses. And then it just, you reverse engineer, maybe we can arrange the finances mm -hmm. in such a way to allow for somebody that might not be insurable and having a full life care contract available to them. Well, that's okay because we've made these financial arrangements and planning to make sure that he's taken care of and then she would be able to enjoy all of the guarantees and the covenants of a full life plan. And we think, at least as of today, that we're going to be able to help this family arrange their finances in such a way that their priority and goal of moving somewhere together to stay together, right. even though they have mm -hmm. different needs right now, that they're going to be able to do that. And I think that that's a great example of transitioning from not having information, not being connected, not knowing your options, potentially failing to thrive in their path to, after a good conversation and an informed one with us, opening up some possibilities that they might not have explored right? because of these mistaken assumptions had they not been through this open. life care affordability process and open and asking for help. Well, and also be flexible. So what we talked about is the place that you think you want to go 
might not be the place, but that doesn't mean that there's not other places, right? And so you have to remain open-minded and flexible to see what the options are. Because if you get to the, I only want this place and I only want this contract and it's not going to work. So I'm just going to, I'm going to pout and I'm not going to do anything. That's not a good option either. Yeah. I think that that's really, Eric, the general message for this podcast today in the same way that failure to thrive and thriving from a clinical sense is widely understood. We, with our life care affordability plan, have taken that general thesis and applied it to good decision-making Right for healthcare and housing decisions that involve money, but probably aren't really about money. And how can our positioning of life care affordability plan enable people to be more connected, to understand their options, to be informed, to be more proactive, to be open to learning and whatnot. And in the case of this couple that came in yesterday, to really have the table set for them with some options that they really thought were out of reach and, and we think are going to be possibilities for them. Yeah. And I think it's also important just to reemphasize again towards the end of this podcast is what failing to thrive looks like. Nobody really wants to be in that space. So just get your head around the fact that you're disconnected. You don't have any options anymore. You're hunkered down. You've got your fingers in your ear like a kid, like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You're in denial of what's happening. You really have no plan and you just continue to wing it, even though stuff's going to continue to happen. I mean, you're just going to pretend like it's not. And you have to be flexible and you can't be resistant to the advice that you're getting from the professionals that have seen this over and over again, right? You have to remember in families, situations that are going through these healthcare situations and they're trying to figure out how their money is going to work and what's happening. This is maybe your first time as a family going through it. But the professionals around you have done this and they have good advice. And so you have to be willing to open and listen to that and not get stuck in this failure to thrive channel, for right. a better word. Right. And I'll, I'll close our podcast today with this idea. If we're considering this couple yesterday, I think that they're a very good example and a good story about the true convergence of healthcare decisions and financial decisions. Yeah that they are right on top of each other. And if you're paying attention to one and not the other, you're not going to be able to get good outcomes. Very specifically, they didn't know all of their options based on health. Once they had a better understanding of what their options and their potential clinical paths would be based on his existing diagnosis of memory support, once those options were established, that isn't sufficient to get them over the hump because you'll remember in the conversation that like, well, it's still not going to work out because I can't get the guarantees of a life plan community contract, but she can. We were able to introduce, yeah, but we can arrange your finances in such a way that we can account for this somewhat lopsided health circumstance because we can come up with strategies that can take care of both of you. The pairing and the overlap of those healthcare and financial circumstances and their willingness to talk about money, that's what I think is going to drive good outcomes for that family. If you don't mind, I've got a perfect example of, of what this can kind of look like in a real life scenario. I mean, you've covered a lot as far as when people fail to plan. And sometimes, Arvet, like you said, you get your fingers in your ears and you just don't want to face it. But I think there's another part of it where people just don't realize, right? They think that it's going to be fine. They think that they can take care of it. But just a quick example, 
from my personal life, just in this last couple weeks, my wife had shoulder surgery Mm -hmm. and I work full time. I have multiple companies that I work with. I do need sleep. My wife has a little bit of high blood pressure only when she's in pain. And mm-hmm. so the doctor knew based on the last surgery, cause she had her other shoulder done about a year and a half ago that we needed to make sure she had medication in her system to where she wasn't feeling pain and that she wasn't, her blood pressure wasn't raising to uh, abnormal. I mean, it was really high the first time. And so we really needed to regulate that. And so I had an alarm set on my phone for midnight, 3 AM, 5 AM, 7 AM, 9 AM, every Time my alarm went off, I had to give her a med. Sometimes it was different. Sometimes it was a combination, but it kept her out of pain. It was three different medications that she was taking just to manage the pain. And I was exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. and we're both 45 years old. This is not 65. This is not 70 years old. Mm-hmm. There's no dementia involved. There's no decision-making involved. It's just the time that was spent. And I thank God for my mother-in-law because she flew up from Texas to help out. Yep. And even though I was up, at those times, just making sure she was getting her meds. And sometimes I'd administer, sometimes my mother-in-law would be awake to do it. We tag teamed and it was such a humongous help to have her here. Now, if somebody doesn't have that, Tom, like you mentioned, maybe they don't know their options of having somebody come in and help for a short time through mm-hmm. a specific thing, through a specific illness or, or whatever that may be. There's so many options out there. I certainly didn't think about that before we went into the surgery. We've known about the surgery for six months. We've been planning this, but just not thinking about those meds every two, three hours. Yep. That just takes a toll on a body. <laughs> and I'm, not, yeah, and I'm yeah. not super old. So yeah, I just think it's people think, ah, it's going to be fine. We'll just take care of it. And then all of a sudden the bus hits them and it's like, wow, okay, this is way more than I thought. And I'm exhausted and I can't keep this up for, I might have had to deal with this for a week and a half. I yeah. can't imagine having to and deal with this for a month, two months. your wife's pain yeah. kept you in the thriving Versus being reactive and her having in pain and everybody trying to react and stress Correct. everybody out. That would have been the failure to thrive, yes. to just wait. You did a good job of being aware of what her needs were going to be yep. beforehand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're right. If it wasn't your mother-in-law and it wasn't you, any of the other options would have cost money. Mm-hmm. You would have had to deal with insurance or whatnot. And knowing that truly the decisions were going to be based on what her clinical and pain needs were going to Correct, be. Correct. Yep. And if it wasn't you and it wasn't your mother, then you were going to be making a financial decision, hopefully informed, perhaps mm-hmm. not informed, but one way or the other, now that you had this information, you were going to make sure that she wasn't in pain. Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of parallels to that circumstance about being self-aware, knowing when to ask for help, staying connected. And also the last thing that I'll give you credit for, at least with bringing it out in your story, is knowing what your own limits are going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The idea that if everybody's taking, if everybody that was taking care of their spouse that had some health challenges was really aware of what their limits really were mm-hmm. and tagged in help at the right time, that would alleviate a lot of crises. Right, yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And the last piece is that I started this off with the definition of thrive And I want to go through a couple of the synonyms because I think they're absolutely beautiful and it really plays into this. Some of the synonyms for thrive are flourish, prosper, develop well. And the last two I'll say on this list are make strides and succeed. And I think that last one really wraps it up because if you thrive, you'll succeed, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about here. And if you fail to thrive, the success rate goes way down. Yeah. That's right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. I think this is a fantastic podcast. I hope the audience got a ton of information. If they did and they have questions, how can they reach you? 
affordlifecare.com is the website that we've got up and running and all of the contact information and resources that we're bringing to market are available online. Affordlifecare.com, correct? That's right. All right. Thank you guys again for your time. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you for joining us today on the Life Care Affordability Planning Podcast with Tom and Arvet. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tom and Arvet come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Life Care Affordability Planning, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Views and opinions provided herein are those of the individual speakers. All content is informational only and is not intended to be an endorsement or recommendation of any particular investment strategy or other course of action. Consult your tax, legal, and financial professions concerning your specific situation. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through SEIA LLC. Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Life Care Affordability Plan is a marketing name for SEIA. Services related to evaluating the client's health care treatment plan are independent of and not endorsed by Royal Alliance Associates, Inc.